live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Is to come back. We'll get into that. There's a number of other topics with our friend David Kaplan. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cap. You can hear him on ESPN 1000 uh, in the mornings on in Chicago. You can watch him on NBC uh, Chicago as well. NBC Sports Chicago. Cappy is with us. Cap, good to speak with you as always. Well, the Bears press conference from a couple of weeks has kind of faded. Uh, as bad as that went, it's, uh, I think, anyways, we'll pick your brain on that, faded out of the uh, public uh, view, if you will, because the John Lester and the way the Cubs are going uh, certainly has caused a firestorm. He wanted to come back. I saw your emergency recap. It was spot on. I'll just uh, turn the floor over to you, Cap. Uh, this was not good that Lester's not going to finish as a Cub. No, because you talk about family and culture and John, come here. I know we're 73 and 89, but we're building something. We want you to be an integral part of building that. And he says, yes, he takes a leap of faith and it works out. And They paid him a ton of money and he earned every nickel of that money. They delivered a World Series and pitched, other than Game 7 for me, the biggest game that I've ever watched as a Cub fan was Game 5 of the World Series, down 3-1. Mm-hmm. And that guy, you know, put his plums on the table, so to speak, and found a way to beat Cleveland, and we know what happened the next couple games after that. So uh, he said he wanted to retire a Cub. He's won three rings. It was not about ring chasing for him. And they said, we want you back. And he consistently, and I, I – confirmed all this he called the owner twice himself mm. he made it clear to the front office hey man just make me a fair offer and we'll get it done we can't make any offers till we move more money that's what he was told we can't make any offers till we move more money and then he started getting calls from teams he called the cubs and said hey i got a really good offer from washington uh, hang on we'll make an offer today well, wait a minute i thought you couldn't make any offers <laughs> yeah. that's not how you treat you know, this is not some guy in a minor league deal. This is John freaking Lester. And then he basically washed his hands of them at that point. With that, is this how dire is the financial situation for the Ricketts? You can't afford three, four, five million dollars for somebody as important to the organization as John Lester. Just how bad is this? Uh, you know, I've said numerous times that they've got financial issues. They do. And I got a call from somebody over there. Well, it's not as dire as you're making it out to be. Okay. Then if that's the case, why'd you lay off a hundred employees? Many of whom make 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 grand. Not like they're breaking the bank. Mm -hmm. And why can't you make an offer to John Lester for three or $4 million? I mean, where are we here with this team? That's my question. And when I say that to them, they don't really have a very good answer. So that's where it sits. 
Uh, so what's the next shoe to drop, Cap? Uh, you kind of alluded that maybe Wilson Contreras, there, perhaps there might be something to this. Do you believe there is? Uh, I think they're absolutely discussing every single player on their roster with every other team in Major League Baseball that has any interest. I truly believe that. Now, I don't think they're going to give away Wilson Contreras. I don't. It's not a huge, huge savings. But, you know, they traded you Darvish for three 17-year-olds, an 18-year-old, and a journeyman, solid pitcher in mm-hmm. Zach Davies. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think they want to move Chris Bryant's $20 million. Yeah, I would too. But I just don't see that they're going to get anything back. And so I think they're really struggling with, oh, boy, if we trade Chris and just dump the money, everyone's going to be like, wait a minute. You guys hung him out to dry for the seventh year, and then you're not even going to have him around for said seventh year. So I think they're very worried about the PR blowback. Cap, you mentioned Zach Davies. He would have to be, as we sit here today, uh, the, the number two. I mean, Hendricks clearly is the now the ace of the staff. I think he has been for a while. Uh, you can make that mm-hmm. argument. Uh, Darvish was terrific last year. But Hendricks, Davies, Mills, Alzali, is that, is that how it sets up? Right now, it's Hendricks, Davies. Um, yeah, I mean, is Braylon Marquez going to factor in somewhere there? He's their best pitching prospect, but he's you know, got one appearance in the big leagues just in relief. He throws 101 miles an hour. He's, what, 21 years old, 22? Mm-hmm. So I can't put him in that top five. So, yeah, Hendricks, Davies, Mills, Alzali, and Shelby Miller. That's probably your rotation right now today. Is this team continuing to... No, they're not good enough. Okay. <laughs> the central... I mean, who is good? Who is good when Cincy. you look at this division? Cincy. You think so? I do. I don't. Uh, Cincy already gave away their closer. Yeah, Trevor they Bauer, too. Calls on, they lost Trevor Bauer. They lost Rysel Iglesias. And they're taking calls on Luis Castillo, as they should if someone wants to overpay. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they asked the Yankees for uh, the reports were Glaber Torres, and the Yankees said, yeah, see you later. Thanks. No thanks. Um, I, I'm not convinced the Reds are all in to try and win. I think they're going to dump more money. I think probably the best team in the division right now is the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cubs will hang in there because they still today have Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, yep. Hap, yep. Contreras, I mean, they still have, you know, a reasonably Hayward, yep. a reasonably decent lineup. Yeah, Nick, Nick Castellanos apparently he's rumored to be on his way out, or they're trying to shop him uh, in in Cincy as well. So maybe it's not them. What's going to take to win that division, Cap? I mean, the over under's got to be coming out pretty eighty three and a half. I, I'm wondering, what do you think, Cap? Uh, probably eighty four, eighty five. I think somebody will wake up, you know, July twenty eighth and go. Wow, we're three, four games up in the division. All right, go get me a reliever or a starter or whatever it is that they determine at that point that they need. So I would say that there is a chance that 84, 85 wins wins that division. And, you know, we were talking on the air the other day. Yeah, but you can't say any of those teams have a chance to win a World Series. Hold on, Sparky. Let's go back to 2006. The Cardinals won 83 games Mm -hmm. and got to the playoffs and won the World Series. It's like getting hot in the NCAA tournament. May not have won the Big Ten. You might have finished eighth. But guess what? There's a Villanova every few years. Making a run. Hey, what I'm talking fun... about the 85 Villanova. Yeah. 
not the, the really good one. The eight seed, 85 Villanova. Yes. So yes. I got this question for you, Cap, and Ken and I talked about it a little bit earlier. The legacy of, of Theo Epstein. He is mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer. It is uncomparable what he did in both Boston and Chicago. But the way that it ended in both places, what kind mm-hmm. of impact, if any, do you believe that'll have when people talk about the greatness that is Theo Epstein? Zero impact. First of all, it ended maybe poorly. He and management had a falling out. Let's not forget that Theo left before the 2012 season and the Red Sox in 2013 won another World yeah. Series with his player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, five years out of six to the playoffs in Chicago, World Series after 108 years, yes. Short of going out and committing capital murder on film, <laughs> Theo Epstein will have a statue someday. Yep. I think he'll be the commissioner of the above MLB one day, or he'll be owning his own team one day. Yes, his legacy is safe, secure, as it should be. Yeah, and Cap, you you um, alluded to that last summer in one of our uh, weekly conversations as what Theo's next step would be, you know, to the uh, uh, to the league. And as we as we saw within the last uh, week or so, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to uh, work for Major League Baseball. So that sounds to me like it's a stepping stone on his way up to the commissioner's office if indeed he wants it. Yeah, I think it's a stepping stone there or let me help fix the game that I am in some part larger than people might want to admit, larger part than many others in breaking because of the reliance on analytics and shifting and all of that. So perhaps that propels him to an ownership role. They want to expand. They're talking about Nashville and Portland and you know places like that. So maybe Theo gets through fixing the game on the field and helps them get a collective bargaining agreement done so we don't have a labor stoppage after the 21 season. And then once that is all taken care of, if he's instrumental in getting those two things fixed, he can name his ticket. He can go, hey, I want the national franchise. Uh, he can't buy it. He doesn't have that kind of money. He's got you know, stupid money for all of us. But I'm talking about he's not a billionaire, but you think there aren't going to be 50 billionaires lining up going, <laughs> hold on a second, how much do you need? Yeah. You need $3 billion to buy that team, and you're going to run it, and I get to be your partner? In. He'll have his pick of investors. Bears are out looking for a new defensive coordinator. A lot of names out there, and still some jobs to be filled at the top spot because of that. Maybe some moving chairs. Uh, easy for me to say. Cap, what are you hearing on that front? How different do you anticipate the defense is going to be, regardless of who gets that job for next season? Well, the defense is the second oldest in the National Football League. You know, we were doing this craziness on Deshaun Watson today on our show, and yeah. everyone's calling in going, well, why don't we just give him four first-round picks because we're not very good at picking in the first round anyway. And that's just – you can't look at it that way. Those are commodities. Yeah. You need to upgrade your tackles at both sides on the offensive line. I think you can win with James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, and Alex Bars interior. But you still need two tackles. If Allen Robinson is going to stay stuck on wanting four for 84, uh, you can't pay him that kind of money. You just can't. He's good. He's not that good. So you're going to need a number one receiver. You're probably going to cut Jimmy Graham. You've got Cole Komet. You're going to have to go get another 
you know, pretty reliable tight end, and you haven't even addressed quarterback. You haven't addressed the defense. So you've got a lot of holes, the cap coming down. You don't have a ton of cap space. And now I'm going to give you three number ones and two number twos for Deshaun Watson? How am I supposed to fix all this? Cap, I want to go back to baseball just one more to kind of trickle uh, to play off of Trent's question about Theo. So, how is Jet Hoyer perceived now? Is he the hatchet man? Is he the guy? Is is he taking the arrows amongst Cub fans because he's the one that has to, you know, deliver the news on behalf of the ownership? How is Jet Hoyer perceived in Chicago? Jed's really well liked. He's a great dude. He's very smart. Look, Jet, here it is. Jed is making more money than he ever dreamed in his life that he was going to make. He's got a five-year deal. I don't know the, the number. Theo was making $10 million. He's not anywhere even half of that. I'm going to guess Jed's making four, three or $4 million a year. So he's got to deliver the tough news, but he's moving at the marching orders of the Ricketts family. Right. That's just a fact. Yep. When, he, when they told him, you better get the payroll way down. They want $80 million off the payroll. $80 million. Mm. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough contracts falling off to be able to do that. So they moved 52 of the $61 million they owed you, Darvish, San Diego took. Everyone's like, but boy, Jed made a horrible trade. Why did he get anything back? Because you asked him to take 80, or 52 of the $61 million left. They're not going to give you their best prospects and take all the money. I know they talked to the White Sox, and the White Sox said, okay, you want whatever. Nick Madrigal, pick the player. You know, We're not talking about Luis Robert or any of those guys. But you want a good player, we'll give you a good player, but we're not taking all that money. We'll take 20 of it. Nah, my marching orders, i got to move at least 50 in this deal. Mm-hmm. Well, then we're going to give you next to nothing, or they're going to give you lottery tickets. Now, the White Sox gave a lottery ticket to the Padres for James Shields because they thought his – ability to eat innings would put them over the top. Well, they didn't get to the postseason. They didn't win. They paid a bunch of money. And guess what? A 17-year-old kid they gave up was named Fernando Tatis Jr. Jeez. Yeah, that right. one stinks. Just, yeah. So <laughs> five years from now, maybe there will be a 22-year-old, and you're like, oh, my God, that guy's the best player in baseball. I got one more they thing. They get lucky. For you, Cap, uh, over to the Baby Bulls, back-to-back wins, including beating Houston the other day. Uh, they can be very entertaining to watch. Levine... Feels like he's becoming more of a complete basketball player now. Your thoughts on the Bulls? He's being coached. You know, Jim Boylan's a very nice guy. I think he worked very hard at his craft, and I just thought he was incompetent at his job. Just thought he was a bad coach. Uh, You go out and you shopped at the top shelf, and you got the best available guy on the market in Billy Donovan. And Billy Donovan is a guy the players love to play for. That's why he's won championships at Florida. He did all he could do in Oklahoma City. And then when he became available, he literally was driving from OKC back to Florida where his family was. And his phone rang, and it was Arturis. And Arturis Karnaschowicz, the head of the Bulls, said, Hey, Billy, when are you going to be back in Florida? Friday. I'll be there. He said, Hey, man, I've been in a quarantine situation, so you got to let me have like a week or so, so I can see my family. And Arturo said, unfortunately, I can't do that. I have to get this done immediately. Because he doesn't want four other teams to go, Billy Donovan's available? Hold on a second. We'll move on our coach. He said, I'm going to be there Friday. I need to come to your house. I need to meet with you Friday. Now, I love executives that are 
aggressive, know what they want, and get it done. And Billy told me, he said, our tourists flew down. He showed up. I said, okay, all right, uh, I'm interested, so let's do this. Told his wife, all right, I'm having a visitor on Friday. They were together for four or five hours. End of the meeting, our tourist said, give me the number. How much? And I think the number was $5 million a year. In a pandemic where you're getting no fan, you're losing money, crazy money, with the Bulls and the White Sox. And Jerry said, spend whatever you got to spend. Fix this thing. It's got to be fixed. And he said, $5 million a year. He goes, done. Boom. Shook hands. Deal was done. I like executives with conviction. Ryan Pace had conviction when he traded up for Mitch Trubisky. But as I said to him one night, you better be right. <laughs> I love the conviction. I love that you moved heaven and earth to make sure you got your guy. You better be right. I think our tourists got this one right. Cap, great stuff as always. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago. Cap, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Love having you on. Thank you. Valley basketball tonight. Tune in. Where Where are you? Where will you be? I am... I was at Illinois State for Indiana State, Illinois State on Saturday. Tonight I've got Loyola at Valparaiso. Uh, Television-wise? That will be on ESPN3. Gotcha. Good stuff, Cap. Thank you. Or on the plus. That's that's on the plus. I'm looking at it right now. On the plus. You got it. Six o'clock. See you, buddy. Good to talk to David Kaplan. Some good stuff there on uh, on the Cubs and on the Ricketts and uh, John Lester exchanging phone calls. Wanted to do it. <clears throat> Didn't treat them the way that um, they should have. They're broke. They're, they're tap city. It's crazy to think. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our weekly conversations with David Kaplan. Uh, thank you to Joe Farron, Justin Luch, and the whole crew over there for that. If you're in the market for uh, manufactured or natural stone, you've got a project on the outside of the house, on the inside of the house, maybe a fireplace, maybe a wall. Uh, that you want to enhance variety of patterns, colors for your every need. In fact, there are over 200 color and pattern combinations. Uh, visit their website, centurionstoneofiowa.com, and then visit the showroom or do in reverse order. Uh, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines is the showroom. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors David Kaplan. Time for another keyword. Uh, it's time for $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword pay to 200, 200. Right now, it's your chance at $1,000 pay to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, off to Kansas City. We will go with columnist from the Kansas City Star, Blair Kirkhoff, on Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106. Trek Cotton here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always... A business name is important, sure. 
For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. On a Wednesday, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dialer. Thanks to David Kaplan joining us for from Chicago. But let's head south, shall we, to Kansas City, where our friend Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star joins us. Blair, Trenton, Ken, as always, grateful to have you on. How are you, Blair? I'm great. I hope you guys are doing all right. Doing the best as we possibly can. You know, we'll get into the Chiefs in a second. I want to just start with you because you covered at least 32 of Philip Rivers' games in the 16 years he was with the Chargers. I believe there was a playoff appearance or two uh, that they played each other. But uh, for for me, Blair, look, he didn't he didn't ultimately get that Super Bowl ring. Uh, as a Broncos fan, what a competitor! What a career he had! I have the utmost respect for Philip Rivers and the 17 years that he put in how will you remember him yeah look I, I i totally respect the career that he had i i think he's a hall of famer i don't know if he's a first ballot hall of famer and i know some people say what's the difference or what's the distinction i think there is a distinction I, um uh but I, I think he'll eventually be in in the hall of fame heck i remember his college career at, at north carolina state they actually played kansas in a bowl game back uh, before rivers wow. in rivers final college game um, no, I'll tell you one thing. You know, he, he dominated the Chiefs early in his career um, with the Chargers, and then Andy Reid got to Kansas City and it flipped. But uh, um, he was, uh, to me, when I look, when I think of Philip Rivers, it's like he's a like a like a two eighty five to three hundred hitter for about you know for seventeen years, and that and that to me is you're you're an above average player, you're in the top half of your position group. For a long, long time, that that to me is a Hall of Fame career. Blair, there's a, another quarterback that's at the <laughs> top of the minds of Chiefs fans right now. Of course, Patrick Mahomes. So, take us through what these last few days have been as he gets ready. Sounds like a light practice. I think that's what Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network uh, said for today. What you're hearing and just trying to chase down this story, and of course, want to get it right. Uh, the utmost importance in Kansas City. It is, of course. Uh, in, in 15 minutes, the gates are going to swing open at the Chiefs practice facility and reporters will be let in. I'm not there, um, but our, our beat guy, uh, our, our, our daily beat guy is there and he will have, he will have, uh, you know, whether Mahomes is on the field or not in about 15 minutes on our website. So we're all waiting to see and we fully expect him to be there. Um, the, the mood. In Kansas City, um, softened after after Monday, I think when uh, every every word that's been uttered by Andy Reid and, and players, anybody who's who has spoken on behalf of the Chiefs has been positive. You know, nobody is nobody is saying that. Um, you know, that boy, it's it, it looks. You know, when covering the Chiefs for for as long as I have, you, you kind of pick up on what the buzzwords are, and, and uh, you know, they can tell you something serious without telling you it's serious, and 
Um, a, a, a phrase that Andy Reid likes to use is day-to-day. When someone's day-to-day, you figure, oh, he's not playing. Um, mm-hmm. um, Mitchell Schwartz, the offensive lineman, has been day-to-day for, you know, for, for nine, ten weeks. So, uh, you know, he's not playing. That hasn't been used with Patrick Mahomes, and, and all the indicators have been positive. I, I fully suspect that uh, Mahomes is going to play. One thing to keep in mind is he, the Chiefs has, have never used the word concussion to describe his injury. They mm. say he's in the concussion protocol, but no, he, but the, he, I don't think he ever had a concussion. His head never made contact right. with the player or the ground. So. That's where it stands, and, and I think news will be good today out of uh, out of practice. Yeah, it seems to be his neck, Blair. That's I mean, from watching as yep. many times as like a stinger, perhaps. Yep, um, you know, people call it a chokehold. Um, you know, he lost. He, what what probably happened, and and he'll it, listen. If he's at practice today, he'll probably be on a press conference mm-hmm. at about one thirty, mm-hmm. and he can he can tell us what all happened. I think he just lost consciousness for a second, uh, like fainted, uh, because I think he lost oxygen with the choke. And um, uh, I think Mac Wilson held on a little bit too long, but I don't think it was a dirty play. It was just a hard tackle in a, in a critical moment um, on a, you know, on a, on a third and short. So, um, but you know, he, I think that's what caused Mahomes to, you know, to lose his legs and to wobble. And so I, I think it was the first good sign was him jogging into the locker room and not, mm-hmm. not needing help to go into the locker room and, and after the game, all the players we talked to said that they they had talked to him and he seemed fine. And but he didn't he didn't pass the the, the entire five step protocol concussion protocol to get back in. And I don't um, you know I don't know what step he didn't uh, pass, but uh, but that's what happened. And so um, again, I, I think in just a matter of minutes we'll we'll have some visual confirmation that he's. Uh, He's out and about and, and flinging a football. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Blair, I'm sure there's been, you know, a, an unlikely bench player uh, with the with the Royals in one of their World Series run that's come up with a big hit out of seemingly out of nowhere, or coming somebody's come out of the bullpen and for God's sakes he was able to get that guy out when it's in, when it looked uh, desperate. Chad Henney's got to be on any list, right? Of uh, remarkable moments, uh, maybe season saving moments out of somebody that you least expected. Uh, other than that, he will never have to buy a drink, assuming he drinks in Kansas City again for the rest of his life. Where do you put what he did on that uh, list of crazy sports things that have happened? To a Kansas City franchise, yeah, that was that was, that was quite a performance by by Henny. Um, on the list, I would I would rank him up there with Christian Cologne um, of the Royals in the 2014 and 2015 mm. seasons, uh, the postseasons. It's funny, Cologne had one at bat in 2014, and he you know he he um, he scored the winning run in the in the wild card game against uh, against the Oakland A's in 2014. And then he delivered uh, uh, the the go ahead base hit in the in the game five of the 2015 World Series at New York, and this is a guy that didn't play an inning wow. uh, otherwise for for the Royals in those in those games in, in, in the World Series. Henny, I, I think there was a, a really important moment to close for Chad Henny two weeks earlier when he started and yes. played the entire game of Week 17 in a loss to the L.A. Chargers. He said as much. Even for a 35-year-old guy who's, who's been in the NFL for as long as he has, you know, the fact that he doesn't play, um, he still needed to get up the game speed. And so when he came in against the Browns, um, it, 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 he, he, he wasn't nervous. He didn't, think, he didn't think about it. He wasn't rusty. He wasn't cold. 
you know, there, there was there was muscle memory there for him, and he was able to apply it immediately. And you know, he had one bad moment at the end zone interception, but his you know his third and fourteen scramble that got thirteen and, and a half yards, and then the pass he made to through Tyree Hill to pick up the first down to clinch the game. Those were big time plays. Those were those were Patrick Mahomes plays. And for for a for a moment after the game when we all were uncertain about Mahomes injury status, the questions being asked in Kansas City, could they possibly win an AFC championship with Chad Henney as the starter? And and people were saying, nodding their heads saying, I think it's possible. Now, I would have, I, you know, there was a reason why Buffalo would have been favored over the Chiefs with Henny as the starter, and I certainly would have thought Buffalo would win, but Henny would have given him a chance to win. So um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a major drop-down from, from Mahomes to Henny in the Browns game and if they had to go forward with Henny, but I, I don't think that'll be the case. But read your article about what Buffalo perhaps is going to do defensively in this game. I uh, thought it was interesting, and looking back, the first matchup, that was such a weird time. Buffalo was coming off the Tuesday game that they had. How much, oh, if anything, yeah, yeah, can you read into this first matchup? Is it is it just maybe a little silly to even do that just because of the wild times it felt like the NFL as a whole was going through at that point? Yeah, that game was a that, that game was a four o'clock kick on a Monday. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs and the Bills, so odd um, and bad weather. It was, it was raining up in Buffalo. It was strange to see the, the, the Chiefs were coming off the Raiders loss too. As I, I, mm. as I recall, I think they lost to the Raiders in Week Six, and then the Buffalo game was the or Week Five, and the Buffalo game was Week Six. So uh, we weren't kind of sure about the Chiefs at that point either. So they go to Buffalo, and uh, and, and the Bills. Uh, had gotten rocked in their previous game. You mentioned that they they gotten rocked by Tennessee, and I just thought, okay, the Bills will, will respond great to that. So what they did against the Chiefs is they came out and just dared the Chiefs to throw over the top. Say, listen, we'll you know you are, you are absolutely not going to beat us over the top. And the Chiefs said, okay, that's fine. Um, we got Clyde Edwards-Helaire. We got a decent offensive line. And the Chiefs ran the ball 46 times for 245 yards, the most attempts and the most yards for a Chiefs team in the Andy Reid era, and it didn't stop. I mean, they, the Buffalo didn't change, and the Chiefs kept, just kept bullying the Bills. Chiefs had a, 30, a time of possession edge, 38 to 22 minutes, and, and, and they didn't dominate the game. It was 26-17, and the Chiefs needed a field goal to ice it in the final two minutes. But um, I, I just thought Buffalo, it may have been a good strategy to open the game with, but to stick with it and allow the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who rushed for 161, to continue to do that, I thought was just a just a bad move by Sean McDermott and uh, and and the defense coordinator Leslie Frazier. So I do think we'll see a different Buffalo defense, uh, at least a different approach by the Buffalo defense on on Sunday. Blair, last thing for me: uh, Big Twelve basketball. When it, when it comes to uh, to Kansas, it's 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 different to look at them and see Baylor and Texas ahead of them, and tied with Texas Tech, and I believe Oklahoma uh, is right there as well. How much, if if, uh, if any, do you believe that the NCAA investigation is is um, you know kind of uh, throwing a cloud over this roster? Not that they don't have good players; they do. But when it, you know you compare Kansas rosters from other years, maybe it's not um, as uh, five star dominated, if you will. Are the investigations hurting Jayhawk basketball? I, I don't think that they. I don't think they've impacted this roster. Um, uh, some people believe that is the case. Um, but I, I've talked to some people who, who know recruiting better than I do, and 
and, and they said they believed there was just some uh, they had some misses. There was uh, there was just some uncertainty about certain players. But I, I don't know if the if the cloud and, and there is absolutely a cloud over the program that's going to follow Kansas into the into the off season until they find out some kind of uh, you know the, the word from the NCAA on what uh, you know what what the punishment uh, is going to be. Um, but I mean they they. They, um, it, it, but it is an unusual team in that uh, they, they the, the the two players that they lost from last year, Yudoka Azubuki and Devon Dotson, are noticeably absent from this team. They don't have, you know, a rim protecting, you know, uh, dunking presence in the middle, and they don't have a pure point guard. So, uh, and and that's where the weaknesses are for for this KU team, which is now four and three, which is the worst start for a conference. In a conference season for KU since the 1988-89 season, Roy Williams' first year in Kansas. So it's 32 years since they've started 4-3 and three in conference play, and they go to Oklahoma on Saturday. Um, I thought they played Baylor okay, and especially in the second half. They outscored Baylor in the second half, ended up losing that game by 8 on, on Monday night. And um, uh, I, I think the way Kansas is going to have to win this year is to go is to basically play five guards. Um, they're, they're, their big man, David McCormick, doesn't, doesn't give them what they need, and they, he certainly doesn't give them the the, the rim protection that, that Azubuki did. So different kind of year for Kansas, and really a different future for Kansas, depending on what uh, what we hear from the NCAA probably sometime this summer. Blair, you've seen a lot of great Big 12 teams. Where does Baylor stack up? And one more question for you. The Big 12 tournament, all systems go from everything you're hearing in Kansas City? It, uh, well, yes. Um, the, the, uh, the Big 12 tournament is a go. They have not decided on on the ticket uh, situation. I, I suspect it'll it'll be strict, pretty strict uh, lim- limitation on on tickets and people allowed in the building. So, you know, you guys remember this is where we were a year ago yep. when when sports shut down. It was at the Big Twelve tournament, and you know the Baylor team. It, it, it's almost like they've traded identities with with Kansas uh, this year's Baylor team. They are the dominant team, and they are they are really really good. I mean. Jared Butler is just fantastic. He's an All-America, maybe you know, maybe a National Player of the Year candidate. And Kansas doesn't have a guy like that, and Kansas doesn't have a team like Baylor. That's, that's not to say that that, that Baylor can't lose, um, and it's not to say that uh, you know a Kansas or a Texas or I don't know an Oklahoma State or West Virginia, Texas Tech can't go to Baylor and win or beat Baylor. But uh, Baylor's the best team in this league. Uh, they'll they'll win seventeen or eight, 16, 17 or eighteen league games, I believe. And, um, and and one of the keys is Scott Drew does a great job of keeping his best players you know in the program. They've, no one and dones at Baylor. They they recruit good good players, and those guys stay three four years. And uh, you know I, I think that um, you know we're looking at what Gonzaga and Baylor are doing this year, uh, as opposed to you know Kentucky, Duke, um, and some some other programs that have relied on the one year players, the freshmen and one and dones. You know, it, it's not serving them well. Not the blue bloods mm-hmm. this year. It's it's Baylor and Gonzaga. So um, maybe a little sea change in how how coaches approach uh, recruiting and, and college basketball roster building. Blair, uh, as always, you've been very gracious with your time, Trent and I, and our audience appreciate it. Thank you, Blair Kirkhoff, for coming on. Hey, good talking to you guys. Take good, care. Good talking to you, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Sounds like Mahomes is a go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should find out good. something here. Yeah, I'm with you. I want it's absolutely good. Good is right. What will it do to the number? It's, it's about cre- three. It's going to be creeping. You think it goes up? It'll so, be... So if you want the Chiefs, get on your app and fire now? Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. For a kickoff? 
That's what it was. Uh, that's what most people, the, the pros' power rankings mm-hmm. had it four, four and a half. Uh, there is some other gambling news. It sounds like online poker, which was deemed illegal across the country, sounds like it might be a little reprieve. Online poker may be back as there was a district court ruling uh, this morning. Uh, the First Circuit Court of Appeals. Not that I have any idea where that is, what that means, <laughs> but there seems to be a lot of buzz that that is a positive news for those folks who like to play online poker, and we're shut down in the country from doing that, so we'll see. I know that there was a little buzz that perhaps that would come to our state. Maybe this speeds up the process if indeed the feds um, have lost their case and it's going to be legal. You poker player? No. Never? Races. Horses. That's it. That's it. Not, you're not going to stop at the craps table? No. Nope. Have a pull on a slot? No, have a pull, not on a slot. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about there. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've never, I've never been into it. I play the horses. That's yeah. it, and sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that it's legal in the state of Iowa to do so. Anyways, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish things up. See if you have a play tonight. Sixteen games postponed in college basketball tonight. You know, I think I'm going to watch the Minnesota Wild for the first time this season. Are you? I they, think. They got a youngster that I, I've the kid seen. That, uh, the kid that they brought over from Russia, the yeah. Kakanum, or they've been talking about him for a long time. Yes, a lot of buzz about him. Well, he's 23 years old. Okay. So he's not like an 18-year-old breaking into yeah. the league rookie. He played in the KHL, which is Russia's um, top pro league So he there. should be hitting Precisely, nice yeah. Running. Yeah, and he's scoring a lot of goals, got a couple of game winners, and I haven't seen him play this year. So maybe that's it for me. We'll find out who you like next, Miller and Condon. Back to wrap it up on 14 CKXNO and one. The return we have all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing $257. Bet a little, win a lot. Let's not forget about football. It's in the midst of their playoffs, so head to the app to check out the great playoff promotions. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code KXNO for new users for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Good morning, Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 106.3 FM. No uh, news, by the way, for those of you listening and wanting to know from the federal courthouse in downtown Des Moines. Uh, nothing yet. Anyways, Trent Condon. I've got the wild on the dock. There is one Big Ten game tonight, Northwestern and Whiskey. At, yeah. Is it 7? Uh, not sure on the start time on that one. I, I know it's before the hockey game. So, um, Anyways, who do you like? Uh, Creighton at home Creighton. tonight coming off the loss now. Zigarowski, we see how important he is to that team. Massive. That was a devastating loss to Butler when you're trying to get a probably top two seed. Mm-hmm. He can't afford a loss like that. That's no. not a good Butler team. Uh, now they bounce back against Providence tonight. Got to lay nine, 
but I think I'm going to lay it tonight with the Blue Jays. I think you're going to see a big ba- a bounce back performance. And Iowa plays, of course, tomorrow against Indiana. Yep. They don't have a game Sunday. Nope. They don't play again after that one until Until next Friday. Friday against the Illini. Michigan State, Illinois was supposed to be played on Saturday. Postponed. That's off the table. Yep. Can we have some forward thinking from the Big Ten? So move some games around, you mean? How about Get the Michigan State game rescheduled or move the Illinois game up? Yes, that's what it is. Move that game up. Then when Michigan State is able to play... No, because I want to watch it on Friday. No, no. <laughs> no, but I'm with you. I'm the with forward you. thinking, and, and this is something this conference is struggling with. I know. Get these games in. I want to see Iowa at least with the chance for a regular season title. And if they lose by a half game because they weren't able to get it in because of... They won't go by percentage, you don't think? Well, even if they do, and you didn't get that game against Nebraska because mm. you weren't able to get it rescheduled, and the, the which would have been a win. you're tied with did. Yes. I gotcha. Get these games in. Stop dinking around. Get it done. Both these teams are off this weekend. What, a network doesn't want to have Iowa-Illinois? You would think. Get that game on there. It is driving me crazy. Kevin Warren... Get on the phone. Get this done. But don't let both these teams sit at home this weekend. It is not good for your conference. It's not good for the race. Get these things in order. Let's go. Uh, okay. And that has nothing to do with the fact that you can't watch the Friday no, game because no, you got high school. No, I, I could seriously, I could give two craps about that. It's about Iowa, oh, I can't a chance to, to, to no, I, have a probably... title for the first time in 41 years. And both teams don't play this weekend. Get it on the schedule. Figure it out is what you're saying. Uh, we will uh, turn the next local programming over to Murph and Natty. They'll slide in at 2, the Fanatics at 4. Maybe there'll some news on Hawk Central tonight with Lystico and PD and Emirat and company. They join the uh, fray at 6 o'clock. Morning Rush, speaking of 6 o'clock, 12 hours later, they'll be on the air uh, with the Morning Rush. We're Miller and Condon. We man the 10 to noon slot Monday through Friday on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.